It's either Walter Cronkite or 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 Cartman or yeah, it's either yeah it's it's Cartman doing Nixon doing Cronkite is yeah. what it is. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the U.S. <laughs> It's episode 191 of uh, of On Taking Pictures. It's December 22nd, and it is, it's raining there as well, right? It's raining men, actually, yeah. It's raining men. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, you like that song? It's got a hook. <laughs> it's just like, it's got a deep personal meaning to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I was one of the men that hey. was raining. All right now. Anyway, uh, hey, next week you want to? Do you want to say this next week? Oh yeah, next week we're going to do a Q and A show for end of year year so. end year end Q and A. Yeah, so that will be uh, one ninety two on December what? Hey, you know one thing that Windows does right that Mac doesn't do is when you click the crash. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know Windows never used to crash. I mean, in the last like ten years, but um, you you click the date and a little tiny little calendar pops up. I wish that there was a hack for that for the Mac. That would honestly. actually, that's like a really kind of strange thing they don't have. Anyway, yeah, the just 29th. Just a little, a little floating. Yeah, just have yep. it pop, drop down, little thing. Yep. Love uh, it. 29th of December will be a Q&A show, so we'll put a thing in the, in the show notes, but if you want to send us an email, podcast at ontakingpictures.com, tweet us, uh, call us on the voicemail, 347-687-9411, leave us a voicemail, and we'll do Q&A next week. All right. Yeah. Uh, what Tell were you going to say? You were you were saying. Uh, what was I saying? You, you said, "Oh, I'll, we'll start this one. Let's just start, and then we'll talk about it." You were going to talk about something, and I oh, I this uh, the, the 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 huge Star Wars opening weekend. Oh, oh yeah, yeah no yeah. spoilers because you haven't seen it yet. Even no, if I'm you seeing it, see it. We're not going to spoil it, but it was pretty fabulous. Uh, I, t- ten out of ten for me. But but four uh, what five hundred million dollars. Five twenty-eight. It looks like five hundred million dollars. Right. Half a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. did you expect any less? I mean, not from the movie, but like from the sales of the movie. Come no, on. not really. I it's going to be enormous, no matter what they do. Okay, here's a question: how how much of it is expectation and hype versus marketing? Because I, I for for me. And this is only personal to me. Yeah. I tried to avoid reading, seeing, hearing. Yeah, you, you as went much the Syracuse route. Sure. Yeah, I tried to avoid as much as I could. <laughs> you know, the other day, the Incomparable did their three and a half hour long review of of it, including John Syracuse. And they they rang the spoiler bell like eight and a half minutes in. But I listened to the first eight and a half minutes just to see what they like overall right. thoughts before they got into the actual movie. And they all thought it was pretty great. Blah, 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 blah. But it was really hard for me not to listen. Like I didn't watch any of I did. It's like I was on a train. I had time to kill. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go yeah. in uh, clean. But I felt whenever I saw. Uh, R2-D2 and stormtroopers on Good Morning America and all the, you know, this kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I understand that marketing is a big part of the money and blah, 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 blah. They got to make money on selling crap Gatorade bottles with. But, but do BB-8 we need Star it. Wars oranges or, you know, well, BB-8 Doritos? Exactly. And, and I wonder in a little small way, that stuff actually turned me off rather than made me excited about it. It's like over. It's like it would be better if they said, you know what? Star Wars is coming out on December 18th and we're not going to tell you anything and there will be no trailers. 
You know, well, like just have it be a that, like, like but, an Apple black box. Yeah, you know, like a, oh, one more thing. I just I Han wonder Solo. is is there a is I mean, look, people much smarter and and much more educated than I am sure. uh, have, have, have figured this out. But it just seems that certain types of movies, it doesn't matter how or how much you market them, they still fall flat. Yet other films seem to strike a chord with an audience and they do great guns. Uh, well, I, I think that this is one of those situations where you have all the kids who've been primed by watching Rebels and whatever, all their right. all those other so did the, did cartoon the, shows. Did the advertising help? Did all the marketing help? And to what degree do you think it helped? Oh, I get, I, there's no way to measure that, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But I, I don't know that there is. Either. I would argue that I don't know that it changed all that much. Mm-hmm. Other than get, letting people know that the movie was coming out, I don't think the, to, to your point, Star Wars Doritos or oranges really made anybody go see the movie. And I wonder... Uh, Although my mother wants to go see it, so... You know, maybe she likes oranges. And, and she loves oranges, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So there's some, uh, there's some anecdotal I, evidence. I think the... Uh, I could see a case for like the toys and the and the products, actual sure. Star Wars products, much more than like a Burger King tie-in. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. You know, a Coke tie-in. Or but whatever. when you were a kid, like I remember, you're a few years older than me. But when I, I remember clearly, I don't clearly remember the original in the theaters or or Empire in the theaters because that was what seventy seven and eighty. Seventy seven. So yeah. I was yeah, yeah. three and two and five or something. But I clearly remember. Uh, uh, Jedi and everything that went around that and going mm-hmm. to say McDonald's and them having cups or whatever glasses that, you know, or were the special glasses you got and stuff. So maybe all that stuff does work on maybe, people yeah. of a different age. For the longest time, the only, the only real advertising that I associated with the movies was Coke. With Coke and with uh, movies in general? Yeah, I mean, it's because they they always showed the little the little Coke promo or trailer, or there was yeah. a tie-in somehow, and that's really the only one that that long term I associate with going to the movies. Interesting. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of Coke, as just a little marketing offshoot, did you see the Coke bottle ribbon thing? No. Okay, so some uh, uh, here. Let me see. Ribbon. Uh, so Coke figured out this neat way of uh, making the 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 uh, the wrapper on the bottle. Here, I just sent you a link to a video you can see. Now they did this oh, on small oh. bottles and on larger ones on you on two liters. And it makes oh wow, that's kind of cool. Isn't that really like a really neat marketing idea? Like that's cool. Like that was a good idea. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Right. So it's you 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 apparently like pull this tab on the label, everyone. And it 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 automatically wraps the label into a bow. <laughs> okay, so if you want to give a it's bottle of Coke as a gift, that was really cute. Like that was a good idea. Anyway, marketing idea right there. Boom. Boom. Someone had yep. a good idea. Um, all right, what uh, what do you want to start with today? You got anything specific? Uh, no. no. Okay. So uh, thanks for listening to <laughs> episode one ninety one. If it's yeah, it is this NPR article we teased last week? Is yeah. it is it bad? That's a whole, that's a loaded word in itself. Bad, bad. is bad. Sure. Is it bad if art is boring? Is, yeah. Is, is the, the question. And uh, the the, and the it, premise, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the article begins. It's so funny. Do you remember being bored as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> I, I sure do. I do. Yeah. He's, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So this is um, is Alva No? Noe? No? Yeah. No. Alva No. It kind of seems like he's arguing that 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 you're you're bored until you've until you understand it and then it's interesting to you does that make sense that that, that like if, sense. if you if you find it boring it's probably because you're not thinking about it enough or you don't have enough information or you don't have the literacy to understand it yes Maybe. Uh, I know. I, speaking for myself, yeah. and this kind of goes back to what uh, Mike um, Sakazagawa wrote, who he hit me he right on the head. He wrote us yet another rebuttal, by the way. Yeah, which is terrific. Yeah. Which is terrific. Uh, uh, Mike, I've, I, I have a thought for you. Anyway, um, so if I don't find something initially aesthetically pleasing. And again, Mike hit this right on the head. If I don't find something initially aesthetically pleasing, I seldom go any further to try and understand the meaning behind it. And I think one of the things that Mike was saying was that, that it's got to be cute before you'll go out with the art. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, One of the things that Mike was saying was that I'm, I'm only getting then half of the conversation and I understand that. And I agree with it to a large degree. Um, but it's it's changing decades of of the way I have absorbed or related to or appreciated visual art, well, even music to 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 an extent. But but since we'll keep it in this in this realm, visual art. So I don't I don't really I have to de- develop a new tool set to get past my my maybe disconnect with the aesthetics of it to get further. And maybe then if I find what the artist was trying to say, I'll develop more of an appreciation of, of the aesthetic portion of it. You know, I was watching a <clears throat> trailer for the new Tarantino movie. Hateful eight. Is that what Hateful it's called? Eight. Yep. And there's a scene where, um, uh, what's his name from, uh, uh, escape from New York. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell says, no one said it would be easy. And Sam Jackson says, no one said it would be hard either. <laughs> right. You know, like there's a certain level of that with, with this argument about art. It's just like, man, should it be this difficult? Yes. Like if, if you're not getting it, if you can't look at art and, and, and obtain something from it on a superficial level, should you have to dive in and have a 20 year relationship before? I don't it, necessarily it, you think, see what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think you have to go 20 year relationship, I was but being, I, you know. I, yeah, I do think that I, uh, and, and again, this is one of the things that I love about, about the interaction with, with listeners and, and Mike in particular is I, 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 I see another side of the story that maybe I didn't think about or didn't think about in, in a, in the same way that it's being presented to me. And I get to, I get to kind of tweak the kaleidoscope a little bit and, and, and maybe discover or rediscover something. So, yeah, I think that maybe I, I have missed out. I will, I will, I will uh, submit that I have missed out on a lot of art because on first glance, I didn't find it engaging. When, when in reality, there may have been an incredible backstory 
to learn from. Sure. But the flip side of that is the, you know, the new story about YouTube where, you know, uh, every minute, 63 hours of stuff is getting added to YouTube or whatever the hell the number is nowadays. It's like you can't possibly ever see all art. So if something doesn't get you right away, why not move on to something that maybe would get to you? Well, how many things would you miss in that in that your scenario because, because you spent so much time me. on one? Yeah, sure. But it keeps me in a in a box of familiarity. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Arguable. Yep. You know, rather than than stretching a little bit and and, uh, you know, Mike used used some music as an example and I went and listened to some of it. And Mike, I'm right there with you on a couple of the pieces. I just didn't get it. <clears throat> right. And I don't know if repetition would would let it sink in to where I, I would get it or listening to the musician talk about the music or or uh, listen to someone else explain to me what's going on. Would that allow me to appreciate it in a different way? Maybe not as music per se, yeah. but as as something that I can still acknowledge and appreciate um, as 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 art. Yeah, I I go back and forth. There's um there's a pianist named Brad Meldow that I like a lot. Is a jazz guy, mm-hmm. and uh, years ago, uh, Andrea and I went to see Brad Meldow play downstairs at Carnegie Hall, and it was him and a piano on stage. He comes out and he was he he's kind of not known, but like one of the things he does is do solo piano jazz versions of Beatles songs. And they're really great because they like brings out things in Beatles songs that you didn't really know, even though you know the Beatles songs over and over again. It's like listening to them in a different way. Kind of like when people redo – I think he redid Radiohead stuff too. He's like one mm-hmm, of those guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's, he does standards. He does all this kind of stuff. But he got up on stage and for the first like 20, 30 minutes, he played what I imagine was just sort of solo improvisation, sort of Keith Jarrett kind of stuff where he just sat down and he thought up something and he started playing. And, and just let it go where it needed to go. And let it go. Yeah. Let it go where it needed to go. Now, okay. sometimes this stuff is amazing. Like if you've never listened to the Cologne concert, go listen to the Cologne concert. Cause it's one of the best things ever done uh, by Keith Jarrett. This guy, Meldow, whose work I really like him sitting up there. And I know a fair bit about this kind of music. So it's not like I was coming in completely cold. I just sat there and I went, Oh my God, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm embarrassed. I feel like I'm sitting here listening to him masturbate on stage. Like that's what it felt like to me, you know? So are there situations where you could go in, you could spend the time and in the end still not getting anything out of it? Like does, does spending the time or guarantee you some sort of a connection with it? Or, or could you spend essentially empty time trying to connect with something that just will never fit with you? You, you may not connect. <clears throat> yeah. You, you may not connect. Um, let's stay on music for a second. I, yeah. One of my favorite artists is a guy called David Sylvian. And uh, uh, David Sylvian started out in a band called Japan, uh, sort of a new romantic uh, British pop band. Um, Duran Duran kind of sounds similar to some of their stuff. Uh, and they never really made it huge here, but they were pretty big in Europe. He's done a lot of solo stuff. He, he collaborates uh, with a ton of people, uh, Robert Fripp, sure. uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto, you know, right. just a lot of All people. guys who have a very, uh, a relatively small, but very vocal uh, uh, following. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, it, maybe even into the realm of, of art rock. 
you yeah, know, is, sure. is kind of the term. And by and large, I love everything that he's done. Okay. But then he comes out with, with um, a record called Manaphon, which is more experimental and it, and it, and it strays away from, and again, I don't have a musical vocabulary, but right. to, to my ear, the, the strays away from uh, what, would it, what, what I would say a traditional song structure is. And, and maybe I'm using right. the wrong vernacular. And he even but- says here, uh, I'm reading an article, uh, thing about it. He says, there was nothing written when we went into the studio. This is very much free improvisation. Right. So the selection of the group of musicians for each improvisation was paramount. I recognized on the day that uh, which pieces would work for me. The process that I took the material away and wrote and recorded the vocal line in a couple of hours, so I could uh, so I couldn't analyze my contribution, and that in a way was my form of improvisation. I enjoyed the rapidity of response. Go ahead. Yikes! Right on. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, and, he, and he's a terrific writer, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so, but but this this record is still one. I mean, I, I own gets, it and gets four and a half stars on all music. Yeah, I bought it. I I, I own it, but it is the least listened to. Of his work. Would you argue least listenable? To my ear, I just, it's, it's beyond me. Yeah. I understand where he's trying to go because I've, I've read some of the things about it. And, and I have, I have the, the musical history of where he's come from. Right. But there's, there's one song on it. It's called Small Metal Gods that I really like. Uh, but the rest of it, I, I really have to, it's not that I don't like it. I, I just really have to struggle to make sense of it. Right. And uh, like maybe maybe there's an example of where if you sat down and listened to nothing but that for three days to see if you could find something in it, you didn't find the first few times you listened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing it out and, there. And, and to your point earlier about if I were to just cast that off and go, well, on first listen, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't like it. Yeah. Then I'm missing out on getting to know it. Did you and, ever and, did you ahead. ever have a, a, a song on a record that was your least favorite and then became your favorite? Yeah, sure. You know, like there, there there's a, a tune on Spilt Milk, the Jellyfish record, All is Forgiven, mm-hmm. which was always my least favorite. And now it's arguably my favorite on the record over the period of 10 years mm-hmm. or whenever that like 20. Oh, my God. 22 years. Ah. I'm so old. I'm oh, melting. Geez. Anyway, the- Bill, I just want to tell you, you're gonna die. <laughs> Thanks for letting me out on the secret. <laughs> uh, you know, so I mean, I get these things. You know, these things change, and and for a lot of people, you know, maybe at that Brad Maldow concert, there were other people having orgasms of ecstasy because of how wonderful it was, where I was mm-hmm. embarrassed for watching masturbation. So who knows? You know. Well, so so getting getting kind of back to this this article there's a, yep. there's a, a paragraph in here where he writes art induces in a sense a temporary illiteracy or even more a temporary blindness works of art say quote i may be a portrait or a still life but unlike the photograph in this morning's newspaper or in your photo album there is no caption that you can think up nor is there one written on the wall even if there is one written on the wall that settles once and for all what i am doing what i am showing whether I'm showing anything at all. And if I am, why am I doing it? I, I will tell you that when I go in and look at stuff, I, it's interesting. Mike Sakasagawa and I uh, have a different way of going about this. And I feel like maybe you and I do too. Maybe you kind of oscillate between the two of us. I'm trying to understand each of them 
and right. and and uh, sort of meld them into one workable system. I, I just know that when <clears throat> I go Excuse see me. I when I go see a painting that I don't know what it is, it could be, you know, some modern painting or something. Where like those uh uh the uh, what's it called from last week with the cows that you were showing me. Oh, the Lichtenstein. A Lichtenstein cows, right? Like I might look at the last one never having seen the first one and it might do something for me just like, oh, I just like the way that feels. Like it 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 makes me feel a certain way. To me, if if I keep working at it and kind of ripping it apart, trying to like figure out why it makes me feel that way, I often lose the way it made me feel. Hmm. I it's like I don't want to dig too deep because I'm going to ruin it. It's like working. It's like working a piece of clay too long. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, but, but but that's just the the satisfaction that I get out of art versus some other people. Like some other people may find that satisfaction 20 minutes down the line when they've gotten to the core of why it is that makes them feel a certain way. To me, I just like that initial feeling and and if 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 I think about it too much, it goes it like it it, it dissipates like a dream often. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, no, no, I don't, I don't really care why I like this. I just want to like it. Can I just sit here and like it? Um, and I, and I agree with that to a large degree. Yeah. But I also feel like, especially as I see more art in this town. Yep. Okay. And this is a, this is a great place to, to work through some of this. Um, because you've got the traditional artwork, you've got what has long been accepted as, you know, sort of, uh, 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 this is an example of X, you know, insert genre or, or, or style here, but then you've got places like, like the Hirshhorn or, or, uh, what's the one up, uptown, uh, the Phillips yep. that really are challenging and you, you walk through it and you're looking at these things and you're going, well, okay. It's a room you say, full of beeswax. Yeah. Yeah. You say art. I see a pile of marbles or a block of wood. So, yeah. so if I don't go any deeper, if I stay on the surface, then I'm, I'm, I'm starting to transition that I miss, that I miss a narrative, that I miss some sort of narrative either between the artist and the material or between the material and me. Okay. But is it, is it, is it, is it not okay that you miss it sometimes? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Do we need to suck the marrow out of every bone? No, I don't think okay. so. Okay. But, okay. But I think I, I, I do have to acknowledge that there are, there are, there is room for improvement in my conversation with art. Okay. Sure. Yep. I agree. There, there is room for me to be a better listener in my conversation with art so that I can be a better speaker or communicator about it. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yes. You know, if I keep referencing, you know, and I'm sure that, that some people who listen to the show are, are you know, if I keep referencing Rauschenberg. Right. People you know, think at, all you ever look at is Rauschenberg. Right. At some point it's like, okay, get over it. We know we you did Rauschenberg. Rauschenberg. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, or, or Pollock or de Kooning sure. or whatever. That's what I, that style and that era is what and you were drawn to. It is. And it's and it is, to be clear, it is very much both the style and the era in which that style was established, created, discovered, what have you, that I resonate to or with. That 40s, 50s period I find endlessly fascinating, socially, yeah. culturally, etc. 
You know, uh, further along in, in the article, if I could just read a bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. Art in this sense interrupts the arc or it disturbs. It unveils uh, us to ourselves. It forces us to recognize that, that we all take for granted that ordinarily uh, makes it possible to know without wondering about it what is happening. Art precludes or maybe only momentarily the skillful uh, fluency that ensures intelligibility. And surely one natural response, not the only response to be sure, but the one that has always been there in the offing is a possible response is boredom. This is the same kind of boredom you might encounter in works of philosophy. You can't dip into philosophy for an answer on this or that. That's because philosophy, unlike physics, doesn't produce nuggets of truth or fact. In philosophy, there is no bottom line. There's no answer that can be placed in the archives. And th- this is this kind of gets to the heart of it for me because it's like, okay, so this guy's basically saying there is no answer. Which there is no answer, but right. but there there is understanding. And that's what I uh, yeah, feel yeah. that I am lacking. Right. And there's the, and, and you, there's certainly a growth in understanding, mm-hmm. but there's also mm-hmm. different modes of understanding, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And it, it's interesting that this guy is himself a philosopher. So he likes doing the deep dive mm-hmm. into a, into a, into a pool that, 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 that will, will give him no real satisfaction in the end. So for him, it really is the journey into that pool. That is that is the fun. I, I yeah, and I guess for for me, what I what I need to to be a more acute uh, discerner of is: am I being am am I not connecting with something and being lazy because I don't want to go any further, or am I just not connecting with it? Therefore, I don't need to go any further. I think that that I don't think that either of those are, I don't think they're entirely mutually exclusive. Mm -hmm. I think there are times when you could decide, you know what? I don't want to work at this today. I just want to look at stuff I enjoy. And if I don't, and then sometimes maybe you're in the mood to, you know what? I'm going to push myself. It's like some days I just want a hamburger for lunch. I don't want to eat some unagi, you know? (laughs) So can I just jump in here? Sure. What is unagi? Unagi is a uh, uh, um, uh, eel, I think it is. It's ah, a, okay. it's um, uh, sushi. Ah, okay. I do believe it's eel, um, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like sometimes you wanna you wanna push yourself, and sometimes you just want the familiar. Um, but I guess my thing is that is one of them wrong? You know, we said in the beginning of this, you said that the bad is a is a is a charged word. You know. Um, well, yeah, because it, it, bad when it art is very personal, right? Art is, right, art, right. is art is nothing if not subjective, right? So, so, so if uh, I were uh, to choose to not try to challenge myself in the art that I look at, just as an example, mm-hmm. am I wrong in not challenging myself? Not in the least. Yeah, right. So, but, but sometimes but I, I feel like there is a certain I, amount of judgment in that kind of stuff, you know? Well, they're not for me. There isn't right. No, I know. I'm not saying from you. I'm just saying like, like the, the, those two sides of that argument sort of look at each other. Like, what are you doing? What are you wasting your time on? Right. You know? And I think both sides do it, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's, you know, it's not for me to say whether it's bad or not. Yeah. Um, w- what I do find annoying is, is, the idea that that I'm told what is and isn't important. Who's telling you? Well, that, that's 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 the point. Who who are you to tell me what I should or should not find interesting, attractive, important? 
yeah. relevant. Yeah. And, and, and who are curators or whoever else to tell you the same thing? Right. Right. You know, but on the same on, on the flip side of that, we are all at some point curators. We are all sharing things that we like. We we share curators of our own museums. Sure. We, yeah. we share <laughs> photographs that we like. We share music that we like. We share uh, we, we some of us write about things that we like. Some of us uh, uh, photographically sort of try to reinterpret uh, what we like. So on some level, we're all curators. Yeah, I, I just what I try to stay away from is the the sort of absolutism <laughs> of curation where yeah. Yeah. we I am going to say once and for all, this is important. And if you don't get that this is important, well, then you're missing the boat. OK, let me just take that for one minute. Sure. Uh, is there is there no piece of artwork that you would say, no, this is important, period? I can't really answer that. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you they say that about things like the Mona Lisa, like it's it's the yeah. single most important. But the Mona Lisa wasn't anything until 1890 or whatever the hell it was, right? Like the Mona Lisa wasn't always what it is today. Mhm. You know. So, so I there, don't know. I can't answer that. Yeah. You know, I I look at 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 certain types of of art for different reasons. I mean, I I like a lot of the art from from the 18th century. Um and I've mentioned that on the show probably several times Boucher and Fragonard and Watteau and right. I love their colors and and you know the, I go back a little bit more to Caravaggio yeah, you right. go back sure. further you know right. or we and then we sort of both move into sort of the, the postmodernists and and sure. or two so I, you know I don't know if you can you know are the cave paintings what, what's the the cave in France yeah from, yeah, yeah I can never it, pronounce it. It, it is is that yeah unequivocally is that art yeah yeah or or one of the giottos or whatever it is at the sure. Uffizi where it's like oh this is the first use of perspective in this way like sure th there are watershed moments in stuff but like are the does that make it important because it's the first time a technique was yeah. used i mean again like, who knows it's, it's personal i sh i would show I, w I remember showing things to my father who you know to him a balanced and blueprinted engine was art sure to him, uh, uh, flight was art. An yep. aircraft was art. And I, should be. Yeah, I, I showed him, you know, paintings or, or you know, uh, 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 drawings. And it just, it didn't click with him. Yeah. And it didn't have to. And he didn't want to go any further than that. Yep. You know, but somebody who could, uh, who could TIG weld down a knife edge without pitting or, or melting the blade, that was an artist to him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, these, these absolutes I have, I, I guess there have to be absolutes in certain areas, but, but there's, there are always going to be groups of people who, who that just doesn't work for. And I'm okay with that. I, I don't want to be the, the absolute sort of arbiter of this is good. This is bad. I can tell you what I think is good. I can tell you what clicks with me and why sometimes. Yeah. But I can't, I can't make you like it. I wonder if that's happening more over time that, you know, with the sort of it's the same thing we've talked about with like, you know, how, how there's less common ex shared experience in music because there's everything's just so fractured. Um, if if going yeah, forward, on. common experience in the, in the on the part of the listener. What do you mean on the part of society against a certain musical thing? You know what I mean? Like like our example of Thriller. You know, Thriller mm -hmm. sold fifty million copies or whatever the hell it was. Like no album will ever sell fifty million copies again. No album will ever be in as many people's houses as stuff at that era. Hmm. You see okay. what I'm saying? 
Except maybe Adele. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, Adele sold, what, like, 5 million copies or something? You know, I mean, it's, like, a lot, but, like, nothing compared to, like, the biggest albums of the 80s. Um, it was just a different time where things, it, there was more of a monoculture. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if just going forward, there is this, there's this proliferation of, I mean, all the internet crap, and also the proliferation of museums and where people live and, and a more global culture that the idea of there being one true anything just is like, it's sort of, a, it becomes a meaningless abstraction. A well, sort it's of certainly a, a, yeah. more challenging. A, a Victorian holdover, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Anyways. Uh, hey, at the very least, uh, this guy's uh article gave us something to talk about i, I enjoyed this article and yeah, i and i it again is. it's it's things like this writing like this and and again to to go back to mike i love this stuff that's getting me to think in different ways about yeah. about how i'm how i'm engaging in the conversation i read it and i agreed with some of his statements but at the same time I, a little time some of the time i said okay yeah but you know what i mean like it, i feel like he he um Uses too many words to put a little too much frosting on the cake. Hmm. Okay. You know? um, but anyway, go read it. NPR. It's a part of a book apparently called Strange Tools, Art and Human Nature. By yeah, I, think I, I think I'd like to read this. It's 285 pages of writing like this. Well, it take you say- like six years to analyze and like rip apart. <laughs> 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 it's so true you'd be you'd be like three sentences in and be like oh my god i have to write my own book about these first three sentences <laughs> uh, that's true Sock as a guy would have to write an encyclopedia about the first right, three sentences right. uh so genius uh all right uh we should uh talk about our sponsor for today let me just pull up the read and then we can uh we can do that you know who are uh, hey bill <laughs> i think i need to learn something <laughs> <laughs> really that's I don't cartman know. does the linda ad you really want to read the whole thing? <laughs> oh that's so wrong poor linda they don't need you to do respect that. my tutorials <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the great people at lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your skills. Uh, for a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash OTP. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash OTP. Uh, because lynda.com is for people who listen to this show. It's for problem solvers. It's for the curious. It's for people who want to learn how to do new things like master Excel or learn negotiation tactics for a new job or build a new website or boost your Photoshop or Lightroom skills or camera skills or any of that kind of stuff. And they've got amazing stuff. Uh, for all of that, uh, landscape photography, black and white photography, Photoshop courses, Lightroom courses, uh, workflow, uh, 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 um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Courses. <laughs> wow. He just said it four times, but then forgot the, the fifth time I just went over the edge. Uh, the color workflow concept, the whole idea of like workflows is fascinating to me that like there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And, and even if it's not the right way to do things for you, it's, you can watch the way other people do it and go, Oh, that really makes a lot of sense. And, you know, by the way, they keep changing things in Photoshop, which keep driving me crazy. And I came up with a really weird bug about Photoshop. I want to talk about in a minute. Okay. Wait, wait. Uh, One of the other things that we, we 
I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but there are, there are a ton of documentaries on lynda.com. Oh, yeah, there are, actually. Watch, too. Uh, one of them that you really should take a look at is uh, um, called This Is Not Photography. And it's Jerry Ulsman, who I think we have used as Photographer of the Week. He is a film photographer who's got like seven or eight enlargers in the yep. darkroom. And he does these these all analog composites. We've used him as Photo of the Week, Photographer yeah. of the Week. Uh, so he and his wife, Maggie Taylor, who is also an artist, uh, they did a documentary about them called This Is Not Photography. And it, it is, is four, five hours long. It's terrific. Yeah. Uh, so, in fact, I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay, uh, so there there are several yep. documentaries, not just learning, but seeing how people who who have different skill sets than we do, or have different uh, ideologies on creativity and what that may entail. You you can get in the minds of some of these people and learn from them. So yeah, anyway, don't go, go ahead, don't go too deep, or else you might fall in. <laughs> You'll find me. <laughs> there there I am. <laughs> You're like just swimming. <laughs> it's so beautiful. That's right. yeah. <laughs> Like uh, the, the final scene in Avatar, or not? Exactly. Not, not, not Avatar. Uh, yeah. uh, AI. You know yeah, where I'm yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the blue fairy. But I mean, like, if you if you don't know anything about retouching and you want to learn how to do that kind of stuff, this is a great place to learn that masking, yeah. compositing, why you should process raw, like all the things that we don't talk about in this show because you know there there are great places to learn them, like Linda dot com. This is, mm-hmm. it's all there, how to scan, how to restore old photographs, how to, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, so go check out lynda.com with your subscription. You can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching. You can stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn on your own schedule at your own pace. Cause each, each, uh, each course, including the documentaries that Jeffrey just uh, referred to are in little bite-sized pieces. So you could just go watch five, 10, 15 minutes of it and then come back out or two, three minutes of, of a specific function in InDesign that you don't quite understand. Right. You can browse each course transcript to follow along. You can search for answers, skip straight to that point in the video. You can take notes as you go, uh, refer to them later on. You can view tutorials and watch them on the, gl- on the go on your iOS or Android device. And you can create and save playlists of courses you want to watch. We still need, you know what, let's make a note of that. Let's make a course, uh, a playlist for the, for the group. That'd be really good. Okay. And we'll fact, do it maybe next week we, for the Q and a show. If you yeah, want. Yeah. That'll be good. Uh, to customize your learning path or to share with your friends, colleagues, team members, or listeners of your show. Uh, your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new like Jeffrey. Uh, I want you to visit lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash O-T-P and sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you very much, Linda, for supporting on Taking Pictures in 5x5. Five five. I, I will. I know that this this uh, Wilsman and Maggie Taylor thing will be on my list. Okay. Well, then, uh, yeah, make a note of it. We'll put a, uh, let's see, list. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, you got it. Uh, so, so the other day I was working, uh, my friend Bun came over and we took some pictures and I had to do a little, Bun E. Uh, Smith from cheap trick. Uh, no, his name is Bun Jim. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a, a chef, a chef. Yep. Uh, came over the other day to take some pictures and I needed to use the liquify tool. And I don't, I'm not a big liquify guy. You ever just see him and go, Hey man, what's cooking? Uh, <laughs> you, ever, you ever do that? No. Hey, hey Bun what's cooking no but whenever i go to the restaurant he's the executive chef of i always go hey bun and then he's like hey bill he's like super sweet and then i sit down and then invariably six dishes i didn't order show up at my table five minutes later uh which is actually pretty great because it's a very good restaurant i called tall day in my neighborhood um so bun came over and i had to use the liquify tool do you use the liquify tool much 
I don't use any tools much, Bill. Hmm. No, I'm kidding. I, I don't. I don't use it very much. I've used okay. it a couple of times. Yeah, I like the warp <clears throat> tools. The warp tools, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I use the liquefy tool just to like neat and tuck like the way his jacket felt and his hair and blah 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 blah. Did what I needed to do, and I hit okay. And what I got was a box around the area that I had worked on, where it looked like it was uh, an overlay layer. Almost like I cut that out, put it on a new layer, and made that overlay just for like that one box that I had played with. Okay, you have a screenshot. Uh, I uh, actually, I I have a thing. I you know I, I tweeted it, so let me just see. If I'll, I'll find a tweet and send it to you. You got a tweeter? Uh, I I do have a tweeter. Um, so it it was it was like one of these things where I'm wondering if, and here's my question: uh, is is there is there no way to is Adobe or any of these people moving so fast that they can't, they, they, if they can't keep it bug free, should they slow down is my question to you. Hey, you know what? I remember having this conversation and you said, espoused, keep, going. keep going, release, release, release. And I think I remember being more cautious and saying, eh, yeah, but who's checking this out? They're pushing yeah. it out. They're pushing it out. They're pushing it out. But it seems like every iteration yeah, there. It seems like it seems like Creative Cloud is is a public beta testing program. Yes, yeah, and apparently, it, apparently, it's a bug only when you use sixteen bit files and GPU acceleration. And if you hold down Option when you click Liquify, I sent you a link and put it in the show notes. Oh, you did. Uh, yeah. Uh, if if you if you if you. Uh, um, if you hold down option when you hit liquify, it basically turns off the GPU acceleration, which makes like moving stuff around in the liquify box much slower and awkward. But it then doesn't create this problem. Apparently, it's a problem that's been known. It's like in the latest release, blah, 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 Wait, blah. Wait, so, okay, what, what I'm looking at right now, these these high, these these brighter, okay, so it's like screen mode. It's not overlay. It's uh, like sc- yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is what, this box is what's being created in the, inside, yeah, it's tool. sort of like imagine imagine a bounding box around the areas that you moved around in Liquify, and then it looks like mm-hmm. that when you hit. Okay, go. so wait, uh, here, let's do a test. Let's do a test. Yeah, uh, make sure you okay. use a sixteen bit file to do um, it. Let's see, do I have a sixteen bit file? Well, you could always create one. Uh, so I'm, I'm can I'm I convert do- one to sixteen bit? Uh, yeah, I think that should work, or a raw file at sixteen bits. Anyway, it was just, it was like one of those things where I like, I did it once and I hit go and it did this weird thing. And I was like, wait a minute, what did I do? Like, whoops. Like I just hit something wrong, you know? And I'm looking over in the sidebar and the layers palette and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, ah, nope, I didn't do anything wrong. And it keeps doing this thing where there's, there's a feature that lets you basically it'll grab whatever layers on top. So if you have a zoom tool and you hold down, uh, you know, it's funny. You, you do these things by muscle memory and not by whatever you hold down space when you're in the zoom tool and it goes to the grab tool, like the mm-hmm. like move around mm-hmm. layers tool. And instead of grabbing the layer I'm on, it was grabbing the layer on top, even though that whole grab visual layer thing was turned off. And I was like, mm. you know, you can't mess with somebody's, workspace like this it's like coming in and like swapping out somebody's hammer you know it's like people rely on this stuff and it just ugh, drives me crazy so anyway if anybody else had any of these problems uh apparently it's a bug and i had to work around it and it worked in the end but uh just a thing anyway that's it rant done well all right so if if if, uh, if you in fact were saying they should slow down and i was saying speed up i recant and you were right 
All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's it's you know. Okay. Now I've got I've got a 16-bit file open. I am. I've got the liquify window open. I'm pushing things around. Does it happen in the window or no? It only when happens I click when, okay? you hit, when you click OK. When I click OK. All right. I've clicked OK. Nope. Fine. Okay. So either they fixed it or some setting is different okay. than yours. All right. Um, anyway, well, I'll but, do some looking. That's that's wild. But, but it's yes. like, but it's one of those things where like, wait a minute, what did I just do wrong? And it's right. like, oh, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just confusing us all. Get up, you know? Right. I don't know. It's, 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 it makes you question, like, it makes you question yourself. Cause in the past, Photoshop has always been this thing that's just sort of like, it does what it does and it stays out of your way. And now I it's, now it's, tell you, it's getting in my way more and more lately. I have been using more and more, speaking of more and more, uh, the new version of Affinity Photo. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm digging it. Anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to give it a shot again now that it's like done, done, but. It's pretty sexy. I, I I like my my workflows in Photoshop are great, except for like when they keep like messing up features like this. Well, let me ask you this, Bill. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you. Are you going to ask me or ax me? I'm going to ask you something. Okay. Would you ever? Would you ever? Would you ever try and take seven hundred twenty thousand attempts at a photograph? <laughs> I mean, I know you're on your way with the corner, but... Uh... No. <laughs> what? Uh, oh, I kid. 720,000... Six years, 720,000 attempts of photographer Alan McFadden. Been a wildlife photographer since 2009. Because these things move at what? How many... Like, they move so fast, right? Is that yeah, what it is? Yeah. Uh, a photograph of a kingfisher bird just entering you know the dive into into the the lake okay. or pond can i nitpick sure i don't think it's perfect okay. i think if because the, the tip is in the water See so you saying? think you think you think the tip should not be in the water perfect to me would be the tip like just touching the water and I understand that's ridiculous and, and whatever it is, but I'm just saying it's not like I think if you told asked him six years ago what his perfect picture was, I don't think this one is perfect. And, See what and, I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. And and okay, if we're if we're nitpicking, so so at the certain point, for, like when is close enough? Close he, enough, you know. He also could have used a bounce card on the uh, on the right side there. Yeah, <laughs> the wings in a little bit of shadow. Yeah, and you know what? The reflection is like half off the out of frame. Like, yeah, what a, this uh, is crap. What yeah, a, maybe maybe clone out those surface bubbles that are sharp because yeah. that's distracting. Uh, no, sorry, go ahead. What were you saying? <laughs> Uh, 720,000 hours making a mediocrely finished photograph. I don't think it's mediocre. I'm I just think kidding. I'm really just nice giving the guy crap. Good yeah. for him. Uh, it is a little crazy though, right? The photo I was going for, he, he says, uh, the photo I was going for of the perfect dive flawlessly straight with no splash required not only me to be in the right place and get a very lucky shot, but also for the bird itself to get it perfect. You screwed up, bird. Right. You ruined my photo. Right. Pellet gun I would, ready. I would often take 600 pictures in a session. Not a single one of them would be good. <coughs> I, I think this is a That's terrific crazy. photograph. Um, no, it is cool. Uh, I mean, zero splash as this thing is going in. I kind of like the second to the last photo of the fish coming up out of the water better. He's like, ta-da! <laughs> 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 
Uh, I'm sure my grandfather would have loved it. I just wish he could have seen it. All my family contacted me when they saw it and said he would have been proud of it. Oh, see, I he's mean, doing it for his grandpa. What an amazing level of of going back to get it right, going back to get it right, going back to get it right. There, there, there's a there. I, I have a respect for that level of dedication. I, I don't know that I've got that in me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, is there a point at which it's sort of like, okay, yes, you're putting that level of dedication, but you're putting that level of dedication into getting a picture of a single bird going into water. You know, that's a, that's a boy. I bet it looks spectacular printed. Oh yeah. Sure. I bet it looks just fantastic as a print. So well done, Alan. Oh yeah. No, I, I give this guy props for doing it. That's uh that's ballsy. Wait, Alan Bellworth did this? Wait, McFadden also runs a wildlife photography hide business? Maybe that's second. He was side. taking 600 pictures. Oh, yeah, it's got to be side business. Yeah. Hey, uh, Board Panda, edit your articles. 600 pictures, 720,000. So 4,200 hours. So he spent a thousand, he did a thousand sessions to get this? Is that is that dedication or obsessive compulsive disorder? I think it's uh, probably a little of both. <laughs> he had it in his mind. Like he had it in his head what he wanted. Yeah. And uh, if you've got the time and the resources, you know, well done you for going after it. Uh, just a, a, a real time follow up. Uh, yep. His his Twitter page says photography hides. So not side business. Photography so hide. What is a photography hide? I don't know. It hides with a, with an S plural. Huh. Just, is just, that, is that, I wonder, is that a thing like being stealthy? And, oh, it, if specializing in wildlife hide rental. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe, uh, let's see. Oh yeah. Okay. So photography hides. So they're, they're patterned like, oh, look like oh, pattern. Oh, no, 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 no. He's talking about hides, like things to hide inside of while you're right. taking pictures. Right, 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 right. right. Like, not, what did you think? Like skins? Yeah. Okay. I got it. Okay. Out the skin and skin. So, so, so this is, this birds? is like, this is like uh, uh Jurassic Park two. High yeah. hide. Kingfisher pelts. Six yeah. for a dollar. Yeah. That's no, what I, not, I was like. What are you doing? What is doing? this? <laughs> Wow. <sighs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I, I can just see him opening up a coat and he's got, <laughs> instead like, of watches, he's you got a like, kingfish pelt. <laughs> yeah. Hey, somebody want a bagel? Hey, kid, come here. <laughs> you ever see a kingfish pelt? Yeah, you remember that from your youth? Those yeah. guys on yeah. the street? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, <laughs> else, what else we got? What is, uh, you, oh, did you see this thing? Okay, so I'm, I met a guy out the like other two day. years ago. Yeah, but has anybody actually ever used one? I'm sure somebody's used one. But here's the uh, thing that I don't understand. I see. I hadn't seen this before. Somebody mentioned it to me the other day. All right. So uh, this is the it, this is in keeping with our thing from last week where we had the little and larger with the screen up top. Oh, right, right, right. The Dexler. Dexler right. and this is a version that uses your phone as the screen and then just condenses it down onto a piece of paper so you could actually do the same thing with with iPhone photos. But that means that your print is going to be a maximum of a thousand pixels across and 400 and whatever, 600 pixels. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to be like 200 DPI at best or less, you know? I just think it's interesting that 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 this is a thing. What are, what do these things run? It's it is called. We should tell people what they're called. It is called F- Fojo, Fojo and larger. Yeah, 
Has anybody actually used one of these? Is uh, anybody? Oh no, Eno Fair, Eno Eno Hair, and Faux Hair, and Faux Hair. Yes, they're oh like enlarger in some other language. O J E R and Faux Hair. Does, if anybody out there has used one of these, uh, let us know. I want to know how it is. I do I, dig the Roxanne like, Safe Light. Oh That's my pretty god! Cheap. I was about to say that you would love the Roxanne oh, Safe Light. Oh my! You don't have to turn it on. It's 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 <laughs> a Safe Light LED Safe Light made out of wood that like folds up into an egg. Oh, of course, you this like thing it. Is cool yeah. as hell. It doesn't do anything that a light bulb in a two dollar thing from. Except that it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna put a link in the show notes to this. I just thought you'd get a kick out of it. I didn't know that you had seen it before. That's so cool. Uh, did you see the uh, the micro the smallest microscopic inkjet print? This uh, is pretty cool. Is this a joke? No. These two inkjets walk into a room. Yeah. One of them says, <laughs> "How small are your droplets?" Oh, jeez. Uh, they they made they they printed using quantum dots. Printed a cl- a picture of a clownfish. Measuring oh, yeah, just point zero 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 one four square inches across. That doesn't make any square sense. inches across. Yeah. It must be inches across. This is a bad article on yeah. Gadget. Uh, but it is the set the Guinness record for the smallest color inkjet image to date. Uh, they are they are crowdfunding the micro peak. The yeah, the little micro microscope that fits in your wallet. Yeah, that that sounds like. I mean. That's got to be a pretty small market, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you need a microscope that fits yeah, inside you, your wallet? Did you just you point at the microphone you when you said that? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I was. <laughs> I was like, "Then you need MicroPeak." That's right. Uh <laughs> How much would you pay for MicroPeak? $295? Well, Maybe you right. found some blood or saliva or something else that you'd like to get pictures of. Maybe you'd like to see what kinds of protozoa are growing inside your... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just thought the idea that, like, they can make these dots that small, I mean, it goes to show that... I remember when Inkjet Tech first really came out, like, in the early 90s, uh, a guy on my floor uh, at school had a HP DeskJet something, you know, like a 500 or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I printed out music scores on it and I was like, oh my God, look how beautiful this was compared to the dot matrix printer I was still using, you know, cause I didn't have a fancy laser. Right. Um, and, and it was like, but, but in reality it didn't look that great, but now these things are just getting so good. It's like just the next, next step. By you the know, way, uh, what, what Hugh could have used one of these things uh, a few weeks ago. He was printing small. Uh, he wasn't printing the the, the, the micro peak. Oh, the micro peak. He he was photographing the. Uh, there, there's a Bible. That's, oh, the that's, tiny mini the, Bible. The, thing. the nano Bible. Yeah, it's it's on a grain of sugar. Yeah, that's necessary. Yeah, etched on we, a microchip the size of a grain of sugar. Why do we do these things? Because we can. By the way, just as an aside, did you see the SpaceX rocket land on it on its butt again? No. Oh, my God. SpaceX launched a rocket last night. It goes up to like, I don't know, a thousand feet up, launches the second like uh, the second stage. The first stage turns around and comes and lands back on its bottom, like on its engines. Oh, wow. And they actually did it last night. And the people in mission control are losing their minds. Oh, I bet. Like, like lost their minds. They were like, bah! you know, uh, we'll, I'll find a video. What a great photograph of it, too. I know. 
Uh, Andalou Agency Getty Images. Yeah, here's, a handout here's, picture made available by SpaceX shows a nine-minute exposure picture of the launch, re-entry, and landing burns of SpaceX yeah, Falcon yeah. 9 rocket at Cape there's, Canaveral. There's a Verge article. The best thing about the SpaceX rocket landing was the human reaction. <laughs> yeah, just, wow. Anyway, just thought you'd get a kick out of that. Neat. Uh, what else we got? Anything else before we get down uh, to the bottom here? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, so, yeah. So the iPad Pro is out, and yep. uh, most accounts that I've read about it seem to say it's pretty cool. Uh, that it's superbly fast. And, you know, I mean, yes, it's a big iPad, but the form factor opens it up. I, I had to uh, to uh, stay upstairs and write uh, the other day because the roofer was was doing some work up on the roof and had to come in and out and you know, needed power and that kind of thing. So I had to stay upstairs and, and work on, like, write on my iPad. Now, admittedly, it's an iPad mini, so I don't even have a full-size iPad, but I will tell you, the, 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 the additional size of an iPad Pro would be, I think, a welcome uh, addition if you've got the apps, you know, if, if you use iOS apps in your workflow. Uh, so this app, AstroPad, AstroPad, and you can go to AstroPad.com, uh, lets you use your iPad Pro along with the Apple Pencil as like a Cintiq, as a, as a pressure-sensitive uh, tablet for, for your Mac. Yes. <clears throat> Which is kind of spiffy. Is it, is it fast enough? I've seen, I think I saw a video of it, and it, it seemed like it, it works. Yeah. <sighs> I, would, I would think, I mean, based on what they're showing, it's, they're, they're certainly showing people moving a lot faster than the initial uh, Apple internal uh, uh, marketing for the pencil. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've talked to a couple people personally who have the pencil and and the iPad Pro, and they've said that it it's virtually lag free. Yeah. I don't know. Now, this this you're adding another step into the mix. You're adding uh, a Wi-Fi connection to your device. Right. You're communicating or uh, Wi-Fi or I think you can plug it in. And if you plug it in, it's even faster. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, but the idea that you can that you can take your iPad Pro and go sit on the sofa or sit at the yeah. dining room table and work on Photoshop or Lightroom, that's pretty spiffy. It is pretty spiffy, but I feel like the local drawing apps would be even better and then just come and report it into whatever you're going to work on next. You know what I mean? Well, sure. Unless you're doing, I mean, you could sit and do a work on a composite. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, away from your computer. Which Although I, think I will tell you that like when I'm really working in Photoshop, not having a keyboard to jump between tools would be a real slowdown. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, I wonder, okay, now, hmm, I wonder if you can, isn't there an app that does, that does like, uh, keyboard shortcut like it turns your your iPad into keyboard shortcuts for Photoshop. Uh, I don't know. Like a virtual keyboard. Uh, let me ask you a question though. I think maybe there's a disconnect here because like I personally don't mind a normal old school Wacom tablet mm -hmm. in the, in the sense that I like not having my hand be over where I'm drawing because I can see the whole thing. You know what I mean? I'm not blocking mm -hmm. a quarter of the stuff that I'm drawing on at, at any moment. Yep. Um, to me, there is no advantage to me working directly on it, but part of that is because I'm not an illustrator maybe, or I never worked on paper. It took a little bit. When I first started using a drawing tablet, it took a little bit because you're not looking where you're drawing. So, right. there, you know, I've, 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 at the time I had years of, of muscle memory of looking at what I'm working on. Yep. 
and seeing my hand in that view, you know, and, and that, that, that direct connection as it were. Yeah. Uh, but, but when I first started using a drawing tablet, it's, it, it takes a little, not a long time, but it takes a little bit of getting used to where you're looking straight ahead and not looking at where your hand is going. Yeah. So there See, is I, a I never had the old stuff pay. that you had. Mm-hmm. Because I never, I was never an artist. So like, you'd have to go the other pads. way. I'd go the other way, and I yeah. think, I, I think in some ways I'd be like, get my freaking hand out of the way, so right, I could see right, what right, I'm right. doing. Uh, I, you know, I was over at Eli's house, my buddy Eli's, the other day, uh, a few weeks ago, and he has a big twenty whatever inch Cintiq, mm-hmm. and just opened up a thing, and I just started sketching and writing in it, and. It was great. Like, I mean, I, I could understand why somebody who who works like that would like to work like that. Um, I remember when I had an iPad, there were there were apps that turned your iPad into a secondary display. Mm hmm. Uh, I think one is just called display. OK, I used a couple of those and they were fine and it was like really neat and it worked. But then I found myself like not hooking it up. You know, it was like one of those sort of kludges that worked and it was a cool hack, but. I wonder would, if you have two, never, if you yeah. have an iPad Pro and an iPad Mini, could you do one app on one as your as your tool palette app or tool oh, palette to screen? switching thing? Yeah. Yeah, but at so, a certain point, it's just like, why don't you just use a regular computer if you want to use Photoshop? Like, I feel like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like you're jumping through all kinds of hoops to do what you could do without all the hoops. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old school. Well, they've got a 27 inch Cintiq. Yeah, but it's it, but it's only 28 or, you know, it's it's whatever the hell the resolution is. I can never remember these things anymore. I've I've lost sense of the Wow. Was it 2440 by 1400 or 1440, whatever that is. 2560 by 1440. That's what I think it is. It's, it's still like pretty a big I mean, no, yeah, no, it's, no, it's big, but it's, but it's, but it's, but it's, it's big, but it's not like retina E. You could argue that the iPad pro being high DPI would be an advantage. And I think maybe that's one of the reasons mm. why I, like I have a high DPI main display. So for me, it's like, it doesn't give me anything I don't already have, you know? Yeah. For $2,500, I would rather buy a 4k display and an iPad pro. Okay. Yeah. There are other companies that make the, uh, touch 27 inch uh, displays uh, like basically fake Cintiqs, you mm-hmm. know, like remember there were fake Wacoms that we talked about the mono price and whatever made, made little tablets that were like a hundred bucks as opposed to $300. Uh, there are companies that make sort of knockoff Cintiqs too, which I'm sure are good, but I guess this is kind of like the Hasselblad phase one where, you know, somebody else comes out with one that's a third the price and suddenly they're cutting their prices down by half, you know, right. Right. So maybe this will, we'll see if it cuts into, you know, the Wacom Cintiq market share. But I, you know, I think people who are going to buy an iPad Pro are going to buy it to go take it to draw on the couch and then send the file to themselves. Sure. You know, more often than do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, or, or use some of the Creative Cloud Sync or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, sure. but cool tech hack, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um, let's see. We are at, we are at about an hour. What do you want to do? You want to do these crit wall things then go directly into yeah, photography of the week? That. Get folks out that. a little earlier. Where, where are we starting? Do you want to start you, with, uh, David Gardner? David Gardner, who him and Piper were in town and didn't call and say hi. Whatever. intentional. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Piper was all, it. no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dad, no. 
No. No. Ugh. Teenage girls. All right. So David Gardner posted uh, three photos, right? Yeah. Uh, is it three? Uh, yeah, I guess it is three. Yep. Three photos of uh, some Maker's Mark uh, whiskey. Uh, well, Maker's Mark in one of them, and the other one was, I don't know, Wild Turkey and Southern Comfort. By the way, hey, uh, I, I've been watching, I know this is going to be terrible. I watch, I've been watching NCIS on, on Netflix at night, like before I go to bed. Did you finish all the Gilmore Girls? Yes. Actually, we didn't finish the last season. He <laughs> drove me too crazy. Uh, was, the, was it, was it the cheesy dialogue that drove you crazy? Well, yeah. What, Gilmore Girls? Or NCIS. <laughs> NCIS has way worse dialogue. But there was an episode of NCIS last night uh, that was fantastic. Um, NCIS. Uh, it was, it was, uh, here it is, season two. The episode, if, if you've never watched any of the show, and I don't think that you need to, but if you ever watch episode uh, season two, Watch this episode seven called Call of Silence. It's got uh, Charles Durning. You know, the actor. Sure. Uh, plays an Iwo Jima vet who thinks he killed his best friend like on Iwo Jima. And they wow. have to go back. It, it is apparently it like was nominated for Emmy Awards. And everyone says it's like the best episode of this show. And we just got up to it last night and it was fantastic. So anyway, not like fantastic, like best thing I've ever seen. But it was a very moving, excellent episode. Anyway, so if you want to go see that, go go see Call of Silence. Um, all right, back to David Gardner. Uh, whiskey shots. So he decided to take these whiskey bottles that he got for Christmas or whatnot and uh, try some pr- product photography. What do you think? Overall, I like them. I'm not sure that the, the particular hue of blue for the spotlight works for me. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a little too cerulean kind of. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I think because the the yellow is so strong, yeah, or, or that sort of yellow rim light or yeah. amber rim light. There, there's a, there's a, there's a strange color. It almost vibrating color. Yeah, that he's going, he's me. going on, he's going all Joe McNally on you. All oh, Joe McNally, nice. Um, I, I maybe would have pulled that back toward the cyan or get a little more green in it to, to kind of play off of some of the other tones in there. Yeah. Um, and I desaturate that background a bit. Yeah. A little too too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also would have liked to see the feather a little softer. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's it's a, it's a little too hot in the middle and goes out to nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would like to have seen the so- the the feather a little softer. Uh, I agree, uh, uh, but I, I love what he's done with with uh, the arrangement. Um, nice little grid on like the box in the second few. Yeah, it it's, like it's almost campfirey or 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 you know fireplacey light. Yeah, but then that that blue kind of takes it in a different direction for me. Feels like the bottle. Maybe I'm wrong. The bottle in like the second and third one feels like the bottle's like a little dirty fingerprinty. And if you're going to do that kind of stuff, you got to make sure to be super anal about the body being as or the bottle being as like clean as possible. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. As as somebody mentioned, I think in the comments, when people do this stuff for real, they'll often lock down the camera and shoot the bottle with lights set up in different ways for different parts of the bottle. It's 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 like the same way they they shoot watches. 
where yeah. they'll they'll light just the hands of the watch and and get that right and then sure, composite that sure. into a larger thing. So when people do bottles, like I would say that the comment I would make on the bottle, especially let's take the first one just because it's the most pure of them. Uh, it, it almost seems like to me the bottle needs more reflections in it. Like it needs to know that it's in. It's almost too clean. And I know mm-hmm. somebody, Freddie or somebody said, get a bottle without the back, stuff on the back. And I can understand that the text on the back showing through. Sure. Uh, Freddie didn't like that. And I can understand that. I, I would somehow lessen the stuff in the back if you could. Uh, I know that's or not just, easy. Or just it, scrape it away. Get two bottles and scrape it away or something. Yeah, or drill into the top, remove the whiskey, put in some dark liquid so it looks like whiskey, but you know, like doesn't show the back. Or I don't know. Who knows how people do this kind of stuff? I'm sure they get special bottles that don't have text on them. Uh, the red is a little blown out. You see like the uh, the, lab- the the stamp mm-hmm. on the yeah, front? Yeah, the stamp. We've lost some detail there. <laughs> yeah, just and, and red is the thing that digital cameras are always have a hard time with is that really saturated red. Um, but I just know that the having like a, a light to the left and a, and a bounce card to the right further down the bottle. So you get a little more sense of the lights that are around it. So it gives the shape a little more. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel so monolithic. Um, I mean, to me, the toning, I, I, I would go for a little bit, a little intense too. Like we were saying, it's yeah. the, that, that backlight is a little intense. I, I would go for a more natural toning personally. Mm hmm. Like Rather I than this kind of super saturated color, super saturated, like yellowy, orangey kind of thing. Uh, I would have gone for just to see what that bottle looks like with kind of like straight white light um, and maybe, you know, tint the background a little bit. If you want, go a little warm in the background, you know, or something mm-hmm. uh, uh, or a little cool in the background, but go uh, the lights up front. You know, a lot of times what I've done for things like that is if you shoot in day uh uh uh, tungsten white balance and use tungsten modeling lights but let daylight come in the window and uh, come through the window and hit say a gray background the background goes blue sure it cools it down sure yeah um you can kind of play with that kind of stuff like two-tone it's a little too saturated for me but but uh very very cool i mean it's a fun thing to do maybe i'll try a bottle and see what i can do with it and we'll see because i'm sure it's way better than i can do i like the first one best Mm -hmm. out of the three yeah, I think I do too. I like that tighter, that tighter crop. Yeah, but nice, nice job, David. Yeah, good job, David. Uh, and you know, thanks for calling me yesterday. Uh, so, <laughs> what's, what's what's the other one you wow, want to talk about? You've really hurt his feelings, David. <laughs> you see what happens when you when you rib him so much about shooting dancers? He doesn't call. Yeah, apparently he was out shooting dancers. Well, you know what? Uh, we're having lunch this afternoon, so I'll let you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> Turn the knife. Uh, uh, let's see. Ali Jihad, would you yeah, say? Ali Jihad, yeah. Okay. Sure. Welcome to the group. Uh, I, think, Vol- I think this is, is this the first time we've heard from, from uh, Ali? That I can remember. Let's see. Yeah. This was from a couple days ago. Volunteering at a refugee center, I met this small-time actress who had only had bad photos in her portfolio. We talked about doing a shoot, and after some weeks we met up at her place to do some simple portraits. While directing her in some poses, she quickly got frustrated and kept going on about her pretty angles and looking a certain way. I told her to trust me, and we kept going. Uh, she had to take a pause about 10 times during the shoot. And while, uh, and while breaking down at some point, I was inspired to portray the anxiety she felt instead of the original idea. Natural light through a window reflected using a backside of a large photo frame. What could I improve? Uh, this is a great, this is a great picture. I like this one. I like this picture. 
Um, I mean, I, you know, obviously you're not going to use it as a head shop, but uh, I like it. Um, what would I have done differently? Like, I, like I, I really like the depth of field. Uh, uh, I mean, if, if I was I going the light, to light, I love seeing that, that frame on the left side. Yeah. Uh, if, if it were me and I was feeling particularly OCD, I would straighten it out so that it felt more kind of flat onto that back wall. So you see what I'm saying? Like, oh, between, sure. You've like got the, the slight off kind of off kilter angles angle. up a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I would probably do that with movements inside of like Lightroom or Photoshop, like use the lens correction and, and, and horizontal and vertically tilt and rotate things to get that straight. But that's just cause I like things kind of on a grid straight on. It's just my weird OCD thing. Um, I like the fact that it's a little bit muted feeling like he pulled down the, uh, the saturation a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently Gardner had used all the saturation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's why he doesn't call. I love you, David. Um, uh, I think it's good. I think it's interesting. That she... used all this. <laughs> you like that, right? <laughs> little notice on the back of Ali's camera. Error, error. Saturation <laughs> depleted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, but, but, you know, you, you, you look at this kind of thing and, and he was saying how the model just kept getting frustrated and wanted angles. I have a friend who I take pictures of occasionally who is the only person I know and who I allow her to, uh, have like final say over what pictures I share mm-hmm. because she's like, so very, you know, crazy about everything that she does and like how she looks and all these things. And a lot of times she'll put pictures up on Instagram and stuff where I'm just like, wait a minute, you, you like that picture of yourself that you took, but you don't like this picture that I took of you with like beautiful light and whatever. Um, so sometimes people get really hung up on that kind of thing, you know, and, and it's that in itself is a, is a discussion to have sometime. Sure. Uh, you know, dealing with subjects in that way. Um, like but the yeah, contact I mean, sheet fan in me wants to see the moment before and the moment after. Yeah, wants to see like what she what she was doing that got her so frustrated, mm-hmm. and, 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 and and how, how did she, she come out of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's love the way her feet are is like really lovely. If that's a natural, if this was really a oh, like then it was beautiful. Like she, you know, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well done, man. Thank you for sharing it. Um, <laughs> but why are you laughing? Gardner used all the same. <laughs> wow. The title. <laughs> uh, so good. All right. Uh, what else happened in the group? Let's see. Uh, what was the last? What was the last one? What was the what last was the one? Was fandom? Fandom. Well, because the 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 Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So we got some of that. No, just uh, rub it in, Jeffrey. We got yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, oh yeah. God. You're like so you're like good. it'll it'll never be as good as the first night. If you didn't right. see it on the oh, first night, oh. they've actually oh, decided yeah. to change the movie because the yeah. people on the first night were passing out over how good it was. Yeah, I, I was going to see it a week later, but then I realized I already had. <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, so we've got some film fans in here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I yeah. like I like Justice Peng's pictures with the actual fan. Yeah, that's yeah. cute. With the, with the little the little yeah. uh, multicolored twirly fan. And Connor's yeah. got the little sriracha uh, to go up on his tree. That's pretty cute. Yep, love that. Uh, going to concerts. Vincent Lepes is it Lepes Lepe? Vincent, how do we pronounce? What do we decide on your last name? 
Le pas. Le pay? I think it's le pay. We like it, though. Yeah, he writes his good that. emails. Yeah, he does. Uh, so, uh, in fact, Florian? I still have an email of his in my thing that I keep meaning to respond to, and I just haven't gotten around to it. So anyway, go ahead. Uh, well, you know, you're busy not seeing Star Wars. Uh, <sighs> <laughs> what do you think of the Santas on the uh, paddle boards? I think that's pretty hysterical, actually. <laughs> it really is. I mean, uh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, he walks among us. I love that. that oh, David, you've been, you've been killing it. Um, let's see. Dilworth. Nice, nice subway uh, portrait. Uh, let's see. Dilworth. I also love that picture of Luis Mendez. With the yeah. with the the, the Graflex. isn't that a Graflex? Is that what that is? Uh, oh, speed yeah. graphic, speed graphic. Uh, some good stuff, really fun stuff. Yes, yeah, Santa's on paddle boards. I wonder if they have wetsuits on underneath. Hey, look at that. Uh, Liam Than is 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 giving give, doing doing a Crudson ripoff here. That's cute. Uh, it's actually pretty it's good. Terrific. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah, yeah, he's got the tone right. Uh, I I. I'm very much looking forward to the new. I would go a little less saturation in the green grass between the two people. That would be my only comment on that. Uh, that would be okay. I think the stars are a little distracting. Uh, you know, you know what he needs? More smoke. Yeah, he does. He needs a team of guys in a pickup with just smoke <laughs> machines. Imagine if they followed him around everywhere. Like as he, as he walks around. Everywhere Greg recruits and appears. He, he comes to the city. Machines. It's just like he's walking down the block. There's like a guy going really slow with a smoke machine in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put it past him. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. Right. So, uh, no, good stuff. Um, what else? Um God. Tom Fowler's picture of a guy in a stormtrooper is pretty great. Yep. Uh, Bobby Tingle. Little yep. Ace Ventura fandom. Ace Ventura. I don't think I ever saw those movies. Is it that good? First one was funny. Second okay. one, not so much. Okay. I watched the third uh, Night at the Museum the other day. Wasn't that great? What a shock. Yeah. I was with I was with a five-year-old and a three-year-old. What do you want from me? <laughs> Uh, Matt Austin up from the Washington Monument. Matt, see, Gardner doesn't call you. Matt doesn't call me. We have our fans stink. They're just like, what is the point of this? Let's just stop. Let's just end the show. What are we doing here? What are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. Let's give give them one more assignment and then just go live our lives. That's right. Uh, So what what, what are we getting? Hmm. More. Should be getting light or more light because the solstice happened. So solstice happened. uh, But getting light. light, Well, getting light has has uh, is a little more open ended. See what I'm saying? Getting light. More light. Getting light. Which one do you like? You like more light? Do more light. I think I like more light. More light. Done. More light. My light goes to 11. Got it. Done. All right. Hashtag uh, more light. Got hashtag it. more light. Uh, and, and as a reminder, next week, Q&A show. 
So send your questions yep. uh, either on Twitter or uh, 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 the group. So if Twitter, it's Bill Wadman, Jeffrey Sidoris, or podcast at ontakingpictures.com. It's probably easier if you do podcast at ontakingpictures.com because then they're all in one place. It's true. And you can you can have a longer a longer question. Uh, also, uh, feel free to leave us uh, a, a well, I'll start a, uh, Yeah, and I'll start a, feed in, a thread in the group. Okay. Because that uh, always works well. 347-687-9411. Uh, Photographer of the Week this week was sent oh, in man, by... This is good. This who, is good stuff. Who wrote this? Uh, Arthur. Who wrote this? Uh, somebody wrote this in. Jim Acevedo. Jim, suggested, suggested Arthur Meyerson as our Photographer of the Week, uh, whose work is fascinating. I mean, I guess, would you call this Americana? Some of it, even though some of it's like in Argentina, <laughs> right? But you know, uh, I mean, I I think it's it's rep, is it reportage? I mean, it's not really. It's not. I mean, I guess it's it's sort of photojournalism. It's sort of documentary. It's sort of street. It's sort of yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of all of these things. It feels like they are not uh, uh, put together. Like you know, it feels like these are uh, just what he saw. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but like the old the old guy in front of the blue suede shoes shoes saloon, uh, old black guy in front of the big blue wall with the with the door. It's so great. Uh, just as a as a the as guy lawn niggle. mowing Stonehenge. Come on. Yeah, as a niggle, I just I don't like the architecture of the site. I don't like not being able to click on an image and cycle through. You, 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 okay. That little tiny previous and next button. Don't like yeah. that. Uh, how do you feel about Red Hat Wyoming? Number nine out of twenty on the classics. Uh, uh, classics. Jump over to nine out of twenty. Looks like uh, through a, through a, a window that's got rain on it. Guy and inside. I can't see, and that's another thing. I can't. You should be able to bring up a thumbnail. Don't make me cycle through all your images. Uh, the image of the whole thing. The the best image in the set. Number. 10 oh yeah, that's out, terrific. Number ten out of twenty. The stallion. Oh, that's beautiful too. Yeah, look at that. That's beautiful. So, I mean, he's he's taking pictures of the things he sees around him. Obviously, very eclectic stuff. I mean, some are landscapes, some are people, some are, you know, uh, wow, uh, window in India, thirteen out of twenty in that same set. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, beautiful stuff. Yeah, really, really, really well, well done. Uh, and uh, does fine artwork that you can actually buy, apparently. Uh, which is crazy. Uh, always nice. Parsing so much good columns work. at night. Yeah, so uh, much good stuff that it's almost ridiculous. He's got a book apparently coming out or look, out. Look at six of nineteen in people under under uh, people portfolio six people 19. six of nineteen. Working on it. Keep going. Keep talking. Something for it. Puma. A hurdler for Puma. What a great point of view on that shot. Oh yeah, yeah this nice. is some some really nice work. Yeah. So, okay. So he says workshops. Let's see. Uh, oh, this hasn't been updated for a while. All right. Has it? Okay. Here we go. Uh, December 3rd to 11th. Okay. So that one's sold out. Color of Light in Santa Fe, March 27th through April 1st. That's sold out, but you can sign up for a wait list. Uh, Ernst Haas Memorial Lecture and Workshop, April 16th, 17th at the Missouri Botanical Garden. You know, it's interesting that he does workshops because these feel very sort of Jay Mazzelli. Mm-hmm. Like Some in, of that, them, in, sure. that, in that same vein. 
Color of Light in Maine, July 17th, 23rd in Maine. I bet that would be beautiful. July in Maine is very beautiful. I, I have heard tell. Uh, okay. Books? No? Yeah, book. What do we got? The Color of Light. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, and I also found a video. Oh, $1,100 for this book. Well, then I will not put a link in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, I also found a, uh, there's a PDN article about him, uh, from 2012 when he put out the book, Mm -hmm. uh, which has a bunch of these images that we have talked about on the page. Yeah. Um, and, and there's, and I found a video on YouTube, Okay, which I will put a link in the show notes as well. Yeah. Beautiful work. Hey, uh, there's some, there's some good stuff people are putting up, um, and we didn't, we didn't, uh, I should have made a list of like books and projects and things, but. All right, uh, we're going to make the list. We're going to make a list of things that, so if you, if, if you, if you do have, maybe this will be starting out 2016 instead of a last gasp for, for uh, the Christmas maybe holiday. Maybe we need a wiki. An OTP wiki? Yeah. That would be cool. Right? Yeah. I should be able to do that. I might be able to even, I bet you there's a wiki plugin for WordPress. I could just add it to the ontakingpictures.com site where like a section of the site is a wiki. Uh, WordPress wiki. It's amazing what the Google can do. Plugin. WordPress wiki. Is there one called WordPress wiki? (laughs) Not very good reviews. Okay. Well, I'll Uh, find one. Yeah. We'll look it up. But uh, you know what I mean? Something that people can add to. Because why should it be just us, you know? Right. It's like great photo books. Let's keep a running list. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll do that. Um, anything else before we wrap up? I don't think so. Hey, what do you... What, well, no. We'll, we'll talk about this next week. Okay. Because uh, I want to I talk about uh, plans for 2016. Okay. We'll talk about it on the Q&A show. Yeah. Now, somebody... Probably our first Alan question from be like, yeah, Jeffrey. What your- <laughs> Sadu- <laughs> Sadu- how would you pronounce that? <laughs> Sadori. Yeah, yeah. From so Jeffrey Sadori. Sadori. <laughs> hello, Jeffrey. <laughs> oh, hello, Jeffrey. How are you? I am fine. How are you? <laughs> Freaky. <laughs> you would be amazed at how often that exact conversation happens in my head throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I am not if, so good. Uh, if, if, you, uh, if you need to get a hold of us, podcast on taking pictures.com, uh, 347-687-9411. Leave a message at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Sidoris on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we're going to do a Q&A next week. So send us some questions and we will see you next week. Yep. Thank you for listening, everyone. And we will see you for the last show of 2015. Isn't that weird? Bum, bum, bum. So wait, that is, what, what are we at? What, is, that'll be one... Uh, 92 190 yeah that'll be 192 so I'm, I'm horrible at the maths uh wait so are you trying 50, to figure out when four years will be yeah uh sometime in march i think 208 yes that would be 208 208 is march so 208 is two minus march or might 192 be we have 16 shows yeah so we to have do. F- yep 16 weeks Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Listeners. <laughs> Listeners. I'm tasking you. And that's you. when we turn into a pumpkin. What? Listeners, I'm tasking you. We need we need to do something. 
special for four years. Yeah, we're going to graduate into grad school. <laughs> and you're all graduating with us. That's right. Uh, we're going to do a Save by the Bell themed anniversary show. We're <laughs> all party. leaving Bayside. Okay. Right. No, uh, think of something. Four years, you've got 16 weeks. <laughs> four, four years. Yeah. It's going to go by quickly. You know it well, is. If you survive that long, sure. I'm going to survive. I will survive. <laughs> Let these people go to work. <laughs> as long as I know how to love, I know I'll be alive. Oh, God. <laughs> Bye, Jeffrey. Bill, I've got all my life to live. Oh, God. And I've got all my love to give. It's like a bad survive, Bill. It's a bad version of the cake version. I will survive. <laughs> There's our opening. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Going on and on the way we are for so long. To any fool, it's plain to see something's wrong. As this way, say what you want to say. Say what you wanna say I know what you will say Will leave